Hey students, uh, welcome to Adulting 101. My name is Tara Coleman and I'll be your instructor for this course. Um, and I'm joined here by our CAT Community Learning Instructor and co-host for this episode, Zant. Hey Zant. Hi, how are you doing? I'm great. Um, before we get too much into this, can mm -hmm. you tell us a little about who you are? Yeah, uh, so I am a senior in journalism at K-State. Uh, I've been doing this L.A. job. Well, not this one in particular. Uh, I was doing it for a different com cat community, but I have been in L.A. for the past two years. So this is my third and final year. Um, I'm really excited to to change up which cat community I'm doing. Not that I didn't love my last one. I actually loved it a lot, but I'm really excited to work with uh, with you and Brent and to kind of change up the, the topics that we're talking about as well. Um, but yeah, I'm a senior here. Um, I love my, my cats. Uh, I love playing music and um i also like video games a lot and anime nice. uh, so if any of you guys want to talk about that just let me know <laughs> um and now what about you can you kind of answer the same exact question you just asked me yeah so um i have worked at k-state since 2004 i actually graduated from k-state before um the students were born a minute <laughs> or two ago um and i am an associate professor and i work for the libraries and i'm really excited that this class of students will be um, able to go to our library. Last year, we had a really disappointing fire, and we're still rebuilding, but we're going to have our um, first floor open for study um, a couple days into school if everything goes okay, and I'm super excited. Otherwise, I love to teach. Um, I do a lot of stuff in the community, um, and I really um, feel like I'm doing this adulting thing well, which is why I wanted to propose it as a class. <laughs> I'm excited for it, and I'm also really excited that the – that the library is going to be back. I miss studying uh, on that first floor in Hale. <laughs> I'm so excited that it'll be open for you. You'll yeah. get to take that opportunity. <laughs> um, before we go any further, um, can you answer, since you've talked about this uh, a little bit, uh, what do you prefer that the students call you? So in general, I am c totally cool with like having a personal relationship calling me by my first name. Um, when I teach, though, especially my um, students who are first-time uh, mm -hmm. K-Staters, I actually like to go by a title. So mm -hmm. I'm totally cool with what it is, but it's like, since I'm a professor, I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. um, professor, fill in the blank. Professor Coleman, Professor Tara. Um, one of my oldest girlfriends, her nickname for me is Cole. Professor Cole works totally okay. Um, but partly for me, I think it's good to have that relationship where we realize that the person in the front of the room, at least for this course, mm -hmm. um, is the instructor and um, we accord the appropriate um, title to that. Nice. Every instructor is different, so you want to check before you make assumptions. And I will do the same with students and go by whatever they want to be called. Definitely, definitely. Uh, now that we have that out of the way, uh, can you explain what it is that we're doing right now? Um, like, why are we having all of our students listen to this podcast? Yeah. So our CAT community, um, Adulting 101, is part of K-State First. That is our... Um, K-State's first year experience program, and it has a lot of goals, but one of the really important one is to help our students be successful. A good first semester is the start of a really good four or five year career at the university. And learning is very social. Um, when you have to talk about what you know or what you don't know, um, just the process of saying it out loud helps you learn it better, and it helps other people learn through your experiences. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, there's a lot of ways to share and be social with your learning. Um, I think podcasting is a really great way to do it, and that's why I want it to be part of our class. Mm -hmm. We can all learn from each other and teach each other. So as we decide what we want to learn um, to be um, good adults, 
we'll, we'll be able to tell other people and they can learn too. I think that it's um, we should make fresh mistakes. So let them learn from what we don't know. And then the new class can um, learn some new things and on and on. Nice. And ideally, we're going to have both this podcast, but also the podcasts that our students are going to be doing ready for next year's students and those students afterwards. Yes. That's the that's the plan. Yes. So <laughs> our students will contribute episodes throughout the semester mm-hmm. and they can share it with their friends and family, um, other uh, future K-Staters. And then again, other people at K-State will be able to learn as well and share comments. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so what is the topic of this episode? So this episode is um, getting to know us and talking about what we're going to do in class. Mm-hmm. I think that um, teaching is amazing and I love it. I learn as much from my students as they learn from me. And one of the things I want to do in this class is decide as a group. So we're going to flip it. Mm-hmm. Um, in this class, I am setting up the structure and the first semester, I'm sorry, the first unit in our class, which is basically welcome to K-State, welcome to college. And as a class, we're going to figure out the rest of what we're going to do as a class. Mm-hmm. Um, so if our class decides what they really need to know about is financial security, that's what we'll do. If that's not important, what they actually want to learn is how to be a better communicator. How do you tell your parents, your classmates, um, your boss, uh, something really difficult, something mm-hmm. that it will make you uncomfortable? That's what we can learn about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have a lot lot of different options. A lot Uh, of different (laughs) options. And the structure will be the first week uh, we're going to consult the research. What Mm -hmm. do other people say? Observational learning. And we'll talk about it in class. Mm -hmm. The next week is asking another adult. And I will say that um, an adult in my class, you have to be 25 for reasons. (laughs) At 25, you can rent a car. Yeah. um, You can vote. You can buy things we consider adult and that is why that's the number. If I had my way, I'd say 30, but 25 is much better. Yeah. Um, and then the next uh, category will be ask an expert. So if we're talking yeah. about money or security, you get to decide what an expert is, but you mm-hmm. have to be able to articulate it. So if you say my mother is accountant is an expert on money, that's great. Mm-hmm. If you say your grandma because your grandma was one of 10 kids and she made sure everyone was fed and everyone had clean clothes – that makes her an expert on money, then that makes her an expert on money. Mm-hmm. You just have to be able to articulate why they are that. Mm-hmm. And then the last part of the unit will be sharing out through a podcast. And the first unit, first two even, will be doing it together as a class. So you can learn uh, by watching. You can jump in and learn. Mm-hmm. And then the last two units, students will be doing it on their own. I like this. I'm super excited for it. I am too. Podcasting is a lot of fun though. Yeah. And you don't, we're going to teach you everything. You don't know. That's okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, That's what we're here for sure. Um, That's definitely what I'm here for. Uh, I'm definitely going to be a very big, a a big resource for you, uh, especially uh, in this department. I'm going to be the one who's going to help you uh, figure out how to be able to record yourself and record yourself well. Um, it's really easy to do so uh, in all of the things that the radio station has to offer, like the podcast lab and then the rooms that they have uh, at their studio. So we'll be able to work uh, work together and get these uh, get these podcasts going. Um, everything we do in class, uh, we are going to teach you in class, mm-hmm. and uh, we are going to make sure that everything that is done, uh, there, there's a service or resource on campus, so you won't have to pay out of pocket. Yeah. Um, university has tons of resources, and we are each other's resource. Definitely. Zant, you're still a student at K-State. You're going to graduate in May of 2020, right? Correct, yeah. 
Um, so our class is Adulting 101. Mm-hmm. Do you say, or would, do you feel like you're an adult yet? Um, not really. Um, I'm getting there, though. I'm pretty close. Were there things, signs that like, okay, I'm, I'm getting there. Step yeah, over definitely. Um, the, the big one was like this summer. Um, it was when, um, I had to, I broke up with my, my very long-term girlfriend who was actually my fiance. I went through this big transition of, um, figuring things out. Uh, cause when I broke up with her, um, I was just kind of on my own and I did not have a lot of money at that time. And I had to worry about paying, uh, rent and other bills. Um, and I was a little bit concerned, but I didn't want to, an- I didn't want to ask my parents for help, um, because I wanted to be able to do this on my own. And plus, uh, one of the things uh, about my relationship that was uh, nice, but also kind of not nice, was that she kind of babied me. She kind of did everything for me, like, you know, with my planner um, and like, you know, scheduling things and even financial like things. She totally ran our budget and everything like that. And so when I was on my own, I had to figure out how to budget correctly. Um, I had to figure out um, how to use a planner. Cause I'd never really done that before. I'd kept a calendar and I would like write down like, all right, I have a meeting with Brent Weaver at two. Um, but I never really kept like an in-depth like planner or anything mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. I just didn't really like it. Um, and I kind of figured out, uh, that I really needed to do that. <laughs> and so, uh, during the month of July, I had to, basically I worked a lot. Um, I had to find a new place to live. Um, I had to, just completely rethink the way I think about my budget because basically I would just work and then give my money to her and then she would figure Mm -hmm. everything out. Um, And so once I was doing that, uh, I felt like I was growing a lot um, as an adult, uh, quote unquote, an adult, um, (laughs) because I'm not really quite there yet. But um, I I felt like that was a very big moment for me because I had to, I just had to kind of figure things out for my own. And I, I think I did a really good job uh, and I'm really proud of myself for not asking my parents for help. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been really easy to just go to my parents and say, like, can I have like a couple hundred, couple hundred dollars just to get me through the month? Um, I didn't need to do that. I just, I just, I worked my butt off and I, I kind of just figured, figured things out. Um, and I think that that's, that was really good for me to do that. Just as a person in general, I learned a lot about myself, um, in a lot of different aspects and, you know. I'm really excited about what's coming yeah. uh, in my life yeah. afterwards. I think that, uh, that that story really is applicable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes um, breaking up with anyone, breaking up with a romantic partner or mm-hmm. a friend, sometimes you're in a situation where you have to break up with a family member. Yeah. That's really hard. And starting all over and having some other needs that you are not trained for can mm-hmm. make it challenging. And I would say there is no shame in asking for help. Um, but I understand Absolutely, your desire yeah. to want to to do it on your own, especially when yeah. you're in a position where if you're fortunate enough that if that didn't work, you could have fallen back on your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is the time to do it if you have it. Definitely. I'm very lucky that I, I could have gone to them and asked for for that help. And um, I definitely don't want to say that asking for help is, is not OK. You know, um, asking for help is, I think, a big part of being an adult. And I had to ask for help before I had broken up with my girlfriend because mm-hmm. I was having a lot of doubts and I wasn't sure about a lot of things. And so I talked to my best friend and his aunt yeah. and they really helped me out through things. And they kind of helped me, uh, they helped me learn a lot about myself as well. Um, and so I had to be very vulnerable with them. And I think being vulnerable, yes. uh, is another really big step in being an adult. Um, that's, that shows people that you, uh, one can just like open up to them, but mm-hmm. also, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're not afraid to be weak. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. I think that that's a very, a very strong, uh, 
kind of trait to have. I think that's the word I'm looking for. And I, and I imagine that you are in a position where you have developed relationships where you, your people, your friend, mm-hmm. um, his aunt, have shown you that they are trustworthy and you mm-hmm. could be vulnerable. It wasn't like you were telling a stranger or someone who's constantly um, treating you poorly. Like, yeah. they've earned it. You've earned that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, with my friend, you know, I've, I've, he's been my best friend since we were like in, in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've, we've gone back a long way. Um, and I know his aunt, um, but I didn't know her that well mm-hmm. before I started talking to her. He kind of was like, she's been through this exact same situation before. Yeah. Um, you know, talk with her, she'll, she'll help you out. And she was really excited to talk to me and, and uh, we, we both opened up to each other and, uh, uh, I, I'm really happy that I did. I gained like I feel like I gained a family member. Uh, in, uh, yeah. And there might come a time where you are in his aunt's position, mm-hmm. and a young person comes to you, and that's a story that you can share, and how Absolutely, maybe how yeah. you stumbled, what you learned, and then they'll be in the place you can pay it forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that's my answer. Yeah. Uh, I want to know what your answer is. That's a great question. So um, I am kissing forty. My next mm-hmm. birthday will be forty, and I think that there are little steps that. Uh, have shown me adultiness. Um, mm-hmm. I remember, I don't remember not having a savings account, but the first time I got a checking account, I was 18. And mm-hmm. before that, um, before the interwebs, when I would order something from a catalog, I would take my little catalog to the credit union and they would write a check for me out of my savings account. And I felt so adult because I did that <laughs> and my other friends couldn't. Um, I remember when I was in school, there was an incident of um, someone bringing a weapon and we all, the teacher had to come and talk to us yeah. and me knowing that wasn't the right way to handle a res- situation was to bring a weapon to scare someone. Mm-hmm. Um, voluntarily listening to the news because I needed to know what was going on mm-hmm. was a step to being an adult. Um, having to, um, my mother passed away several years ago and having to help make decisions on her funeral was unfortunately very adult. Yeah. Um, I have good ones too. Like <laughs> the first time I traveled ab- abroad. Um, but I think that it's a continually, con- uh, continual cycle. Um, yeah. I want to stay young till I die. That's a song, a lyric from the, um, a song in the musical Pippin. And I really like it. Like I always want to be young, mm-hmm. but the adulty thing, I think I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I've got more to learn. I hope um, yeah. the, the students in the class will be able to teach me. I think they, I think they will be able to. I, um, one thing that you talked about when we were like kind of getting ready for this was that like you just kind of have like these moments, uh, yeah. like in each like decade of your life. Um, so like you'll have like one of these moments in your twenties, in your thirties, forties, mm-hmm. and you know keep going on where you're like, wow, I'm definitely an adult. And um, I don't think I feel like my answer isn't quite that moment. I think I'm gonna have another big moment in my twenties oh, yeah. for sure. Definitely. Because um, I mean, all I did was just break up with my girlfriend. Granted, it was a very long term relationship, but, but that's a big deal. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, um, did you get your own car? Did you help select a car? That's an adult um, situation. So, <laughs> it's funny. So my dad, my dad paid for my car, thankfully. Um, but I was a big part in picking it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be cheap but also i i kind of knew what to look for like i don't know a lot about cars but like i've spent enough time with my dad to know when a car is that's a good purchase or if it's Mm -hmm. not a good purchase um so for instance when i was in high school um my first car was a malibu that we got for like 800 bucks Mm -hmm. um it ran just fine and then one day it just kind of crapped out on me uh Mm -hmm. during my junior year uh actually sorry it was my senior year um and so that was right around the time where my sister and her uh, fiance were moving uh, to Kansas from South Carolina and they were trying to get rid of um, her fiance's truck. Mm-hmm. My dad was like, well, you know, Zant needs a car. 
uh, he can buy it from you. He can make payments on it. And I was like, kind of, I kind of didn't like the idea of making payments uh, when I'm just a junior in high school, but I was like, I was open to it because I know, you know, a lot of people in my class were doing that. Um, and I, I test drove it. And after one test drive, I was like, this is a terrible car. I'm not buying it. Um, and my dad kind of talked to me. He was like, you need to rethink this. It's a pretty nice truck. And then I told him to spend some time with the truck. And he was like, you're right. It was, it was a terrible car. Nice. So that was a moment in like when I was 17 when I was like, yeah, I'm an adult. For sure. I know what I'm doing. Uh, but then, uh, you know, there's there's been times like where I've like even like little things. So it's just like, yeah, I'm sure I'm an adult now. But yeah. I definitely know that I'm not an adult. I still have a lot of growing to do. Um, in a lot of different areas. Um, but I think that, you know, you always have room to grow, you oh, know, totally, no matter what totally. age you are. I think when you're, when you feel like you're set is when you have problems, when you know everything. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So Zant and I have both been through a couple of semesters of school. Yeah. I mean, probably a couple more. <laughs> um, and we know from experience that there are probably a couple of things yeah. that are good to do your first week. Definitely. Um, Zant, what is one thing, one or two things you would recommend that the students do their first week to be successful? Um, during your first week, uh, one thing I would definitely do, um, and this is uh, this is definitely something I did not do uh, because I'm very much so an introvert, um, but I would just kind of talk to people um, mm-hmm. because you're not going to really get anywhere if you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of stayed in my room, went to class, and hung out like with my girlfriend. Uh, that was me. All I did is work in school. <laughs> yeah. Repeat. That's that's kind of still what I do, but I added on some things. Yeah. Um, I, I had to talk to people, of course, to get those things. Uh, but during that first week, uh, especially, I think you can start making some really good friends, um, mm-hmm. especially if you live in the dorms. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't particularly like enjoy living in the dorms, but that was because I wanted more of an open space. Um, and plus I get, I get exhausted when I talk to a lot of different people. Yeah. Um, same. I'm an introvert too. Yeah. So, uh, it was kind of difficult living like with uh, a pop, like a, I always lived on like the popular floors where like everyone, mm-hmm. uh, across the entire building came and hung out in our lobby and it was just so tiring for me. But I, I highly recommend talking to people on your floor, uh, in your classes, talk to everyone. And then another big thing is, try to get better at your like email etiquette as soon as possible mm. um, because it frustrates people uh, when you don't um, have good email etiquette. Uh, it frustrates even me like when I get emails from students and it's like it's like formulated like a text message and it's like even though we're having like kind of a simple conversation still like better email etiquette um, and I know a lot of professors get really uptight about it. Um, there are some professors that just won't even respond. I've uh, I've had a student come to me and say that they emailed the professor about a fairly serious topic and uh, they just didn't get anything back. And mm-hmm. I looked at the email and it was like it was like they were texting their mom or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so definitely get get better at your email etiquette as soon as you possibly can. But that that's something you can do over the course of like your first semester and, and, and onward. Yeah. And our textbook, we have a free textbook. Mm-hmm. It does talk about email etiquette. And we exactly. can definitely talk about it in one of the classes that any of your K-State classes, but definitely your CAT community classes, we can help out with that. Definitely. And then also go to class. Go to class. <laughs> yeah. Um, I lived in the residence halls for three years and my first semester was a slumber party every day mm-hmm. and my grades reflected it. And I yeah. don't regret it. 
I it established some really great friendships. Yeah. Um, but I I did have a lot less sleep than I was used to. Mm-hmm. I ate a lot more pizza than I expected, but it was a good time. And mm-hmm. I think it was because I was brave enough to sit in the lobby. I didn't know yeah. anyone. I thought maybe one of these people, they're going to lunch. I'll just tag along and see mm-hmm. what happens. And it worked out. Nice. Nice. You're going to meet some good friends doing that. <laughs> oh, totally. And um, I also felt comfortable shutting the door when I needed my quiet time. Definitely, yeah. Um, you mentioned email etiquette. My um, takeaway for the week is um, download the app for email and for Canvas. And Canvas is the site we use to keep track of class mm-hmm. things. Um, I taught one year, and I had a student who hadn't checked her email until October. And you what? Yeah, <laughs> September, October. It was a hard semester. Um, and even if you don't like email, that's the official way of communicating. Um, yeah. It's how we let you know when um, reminders, when um, the location for our class meeting has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, important things go through deadlines. Um, so you want to check it multiple times a day. Um, same thing with uh, Canvas. Um, I recently learned that um, students who check Canvas um, every day are um, generally more successful in class, probably because they know what's going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so definitely look at it, and any of us will help you out. And I can even do it in class. It's just mm-hmm. we're gonna bring up the inf- the instructions. We'll download it to our phone. We'll send each yeah. other uh, email using great email etiquette, and then um, go from there. Yeah. And if you want to, you know, have that, like, just texty, like, conversation, save that for GroupMe. Um, that's that's going to be what it's there for. Um, and it'll be there for uh, memes as well. I hope the takeaways are helpful and gives you some ideas of what to do your first week. Now that you know a little bit about me and Zant, I want to introduce you to one of our cat community instructors, Steve Smethers. Steve, how did you know when you became an adult? <laughs> you know, in some respects, I think I was probably an adult from a very young age in terms of how I looked at the world. You know, my folks, one year for Christmas, gave me a toy printing press. What? Yep. I think and I can picture that. That's so cool. <laughs> and so I became interested in printing, and I became interested in newspapers, and I became interested in journalism. And then when I started listening to radio, all of a sudden I, I thought of myself as somebody who might go into radio someday. And I'd always kept myself from doing that because I stuttered badly when I was a kid. And so when I got over stuttering and people were so stunned later in life when they found that I had gone into broadcasting because they, they couldn't imagine me mm-hmm. as a stuttering kid on the radio. And you, you should have seen people's eyes when mom told them, mm-hmm. you know, that I'd gone into radio. Well, a long story short, I was an adult from the, from the standpoint of understanding what I wanted to do. I loved mm-hmm. everything, learning everything I could about newspapers and radio. And, uh, and so that really was pretty much my career path. I mean, look, look at what that one Christmas gift led to. That's amazing. Yeah. And so I started looking at the world in business terms, in mm-hmm. news terms, understanding mm-hmm. what was newsy and what wasn't newsy understanding that there was a right way to tell a story, a proper way to tell a story. And I kind of taught myself how to write news by reading the newspaper, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, from the time I was in the seventh grade to the time that I was a sophomore in high school, 
I published my own newspaper. It was a weekly community newspaper, and it was done with an old mimeograph machine. I couldn't do it with my toy printing press. Can you tell us what a mimeograph A mimeograph is kind of a, a forerunner to photocopier, but okay. it meant that you made a stencil. You typed on a stencil and then put it on a, a machine that had an inked surface. And then you ran paper through the machine. You, you oh, would, I can you would, picture it from mm-hmm. um, movies. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And it used to be the way we duplicated tests, ah, you know, okay. and things like that. So it was very much photo, uh, forerunner to, to, to the photocopier. And so, so I, I published my own newspaper, the Selma News Herald was the name of it. <laughs> At age 16, uh, the local radio station in Iola <laughs> uh, quit playing Top 40 Music. So they just became talk? They became no, they didn't become talk, they became country. Oh, okay, so they changed genres. Yeah, they changed changed the format and I I was I was just devastated because I listened mm-hmm. to their top 40 music every day. So I wrote a very nice well thought out letter to at the manager 16? of the radio station at age 16. Mm-hmm. And he wrote me back and he said, "You know, that's one of the best best letters we've ever gotten from a listener." And he said, you write especially well. And he said, next time you're in Iola, mm-hmm. I would like for you to come out and take a tour of the radio station. I'd like to get to know you. That's awesome. So we took a tour of the radio station. <laughs> and he offered me a job writing commercials mm-hmm. at age 16. Oh, nice. And then, and then I had the opportunity to get on the air. And I tell students today I've been behind a microphone since I was 16 years old. This is the only thing I know how to do. It's the only thing in the world I know how to do. I can't imagine myself doing anything else. So if that constitutes being an adult, because I do think that part of this is a real question of when we understand what our life's path is going to be. That happened at a very young age. Now, there are a lot of things that go with being an adult, such as maturity. Yep. I think there are probably people who would still argue that I'm not the most mature guy (laughs) world <laughs> even at my age I you know I haven't reached maturity whatever yeah. that is I imagine that's situational I bet there are times where people look to you as the adultiest and then maybe there are times where like come on that's probably <laughs> it yeah I think that's probably a, a good observation yeah awesome so I my takeaway from your story is that um you can work through some um, really hard things like having a stutter. I've heard, mm-hmm. I've not had a stutter, but I've talked to other people who, who talk about how it's a process and you, you have to keep going. You can't just quit if you want That's to get right. past it. That's right. Um, that uh, you can express unhappiness and discontent in a way that can get you a job. Yes. Um, and that even if you're grown, you still do um, childlike things. Not childish, right? Like childlike <laughs> in a charming, sweet way. You have to, I think you have to know how to enjoy life. Uh, You have to know how to laugh. You have to know how to, you have to know what makes you feel good. And that I think is, is part of a self-actualization we all go through, Tara. I think that, I think that at, at my younger ages, I probably was very mature for my age. Mm -hmm. And arguably I'm immature for my age today. Do you have siblings? I do. I have a brother. He's seven years older than I okay. am. And we're totally different. Yeah. Total opposites. Yeah. I sometimes think um, that the the people you're with make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, siblings, big house, small house. That's right. That's okay. right. Yeah. Okay. So you've taught for a minute and you you have a badge that says you're an adult. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you probably have an idea of what helps students be successful, especially if it's their first time, first year at K-State. What are some parting words you would um, offer our incoming students um, all over, but those especially in our class to be successful either in your class or in um, at K-State in general? I always tell my students two things. First of all, I do believe that classroom management and time management is very important mm-hmm. and, and, and to understand that it's not just attending a lecture that is going to allow you to uh, know the material, absorb mm-hmm. the material. You know, for it is true that for every hour that you're in class, you need to plan on spending about three hours outside of class yeah, absorbing I material. Yeah. I, I, th- I think that's important. But Tara, I also believe something else. I believe that the thing that separates us from a Votech school mm-hmm. is the fact that at K-State or at any university, you have the opportunity to understand yourself, mm-hmm. to learn who you are. Mm-hmm. And that only happens by coming into contact with people mm-hmm. that you that you would not otherwise meet. You know, there's a, I just had a conversation with one of my students yesterday. And, re- and I told him, I said, you know, Will, this is going to be the greatest time of your life because you discover that people like you because you are you. Mm-hmm. Not because they're forced to get along with you, yes. like happens in high school or grade yeah. school. These friends are going to mean the most to you because they're the people who you have chosen to surround yourself with, or they're the people who seek you out because they like you for who you are. Yeah, it's the first time for a lot of people to to grow a new family. Yeah, it is. It is. And I said, you know, I always tell people not to let their studies get in the way of their education. And and one of the one of the best pieces of, of advice, and I hate to give this away because all of your students are going to be in my class, but <laughs> but take notes. What I always tell people is find somebody who is the total opposite mm-hmm. of you. If you're conservative, find somebody who's liberal. Mm-hmm. If you're gay, find somebody who's straight. Mm-hmm. If you're black, find somebody who's white, mm-hmm. and vice versa, or or of an or of another, of or of another minority group. Mm-hmm. If you are a Christian, find somebody who's Muslim. Mm-hmm. I said I don't care what your difference is, mm-hmm. but get to know that person. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to agree with them, mm-hmm. but I am saying what you have to do is get to know them. And if you do that, if you do that, the most wonderful thing happens. You've learned how to listen. Yes. You've learned how to respect others' opinion. And in this terribly polarized world we live in, the only survival skill that I can, that I can recommend mm-hmm. is learning how to be a good listener yes. and learning how to tolerate yeah. the beliefs, the lifestyles, the, the backgrounds of the people we come into contact with. Wouldn't this be a better place if, if we were able to do that? Yeah. That's awesome advice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you for your time. I can't wait to hear about um, the class from the students. <laughs> I don't, you may want to get some cotton for my ears. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you for having me on, Tara. Thanks for your time, Steve. Um, that was Steve Smethers. He is the instructor for mass communication. And that's one of the classes you're taking to be part of Adulting 101 Cat Community.
The next person I'd like you to meet is Brent Weaver. He is the instructor for University Experience, the third part of our CAT community. Welcome to part three, students. In the final part of this podcast, we are talking with someone who for three years I've been lucky enough to call uh, my supervisor, even though he doesn't <laughs> like that word. Uh, we're talking with Brent Weaver. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? That's good. Uh, I'm good, Brent. I'm sorry. That was a little weird trip up there. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since I've been in this room, actually. It's kind of weird. You know, um, I've never been in the room, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I spent like all my time here uh, last semester when I was doing my radio show, but that's, that's not what we're talking about right now. <laughs> right now, I want to talk about you. Um, so, Brent, can you please tell our, our students who you are, what your role is at K-State and uh, in this CAC community? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'm Brent again. My <laughs> role in my job is that I coordinate the people who do Zant's job. So, I coordinate about 50 peer mentors who work with the K-State First program that's designed for first-year students. Um, but also, I teach university experience, which is a part of this CAC community. Um, so, those are my two primary things that I do my day life at work. Nice. Well, what do you do in your non-day life, not at work? My non-day life. <laughs> um, I do a lot of local theater. So I've been in six productions in the past year mm -hmm. at the Art Center here in Manhattan. So that's really all I do with my life is I go to work, <laughs> I go to theater, and then I try to sleep in between. It's <laughs> nice. Um, really quick, can you uh, explain to the students what like K-State First is? Oh, sorry. What K-State First is and uh, what like a CAC community is? Yeah, of course. Uh, so K-State First is a first-year program, so we have different types of programs designed to make sure that students can transition to college as easy as possible. Uh, and so within there, the biggest program is the CAT Communities, and that's what you all are a part of. And so the CAT Communities are, we take clusters of courses in a similar area. It could be an interest, like we have a really cool Harry Potter CAT Community. Um, we have others that are designed for majors, so there's a AP design cat community for those students. So it, there's something for everyone. Mm -hmm. Again, just designed to make students take similar courses together and build community right from the start. Nice. Um, I, this is kind of a question that I have um, because I'm kind of interested. But there, how many people are like me where they they go from being in the cat community to being the learning assistant for that cat community or being mm. like another cat community? Like, do you have any idea of like how many people do that? Yeah. Um, so all of our learning assistants were in the cat community or UD oh, really? course now and when i started we were trying mm -hmm. to get different recruitment stuffs happening but for the most part now every single learning assistant with i think exception of one person mm -hmm. was just in the course their prior semester or when they were a first year student that's super cool um i was really excited when i got into this and i, I really like how everyone's really excited about getting into the la role like there's always a few students every every like cat community mm -hmm. uh, every year like that want to be in that position and i think i, th I think that's just super cool um, but all right, so the topic of this episode is, well, I guess first before we get to that, let's, let's talk about what our cat community is. Yeah, for um, sure. Definitely, like, what, what, is, what do you think our cat community is going to look like? Um, kind of describe uh, the dynamic of, like, a cat community. Describe, like, what our cat community is going to be. Yeah, so I'm, I'm stoked about this. So originally <laughs> I was just going to be teaching university experience, mm -hmm. and then Tara and I worked together to kind of combine the experience. So essentially it's, it's Adulting 101 what it takes to be a successful human being is how I think about it. Mm -hmm. um, but the different components for university experience, we'll be thinking a little bit more about as a student while you're in college, what can you do to be really successful? And Tara's component of it with the connections course, that one hour a week, she'll be thinking a little bit more about life in general. Mm -hmm. So whereas I might just be thinking about your tests and studying, she'll be thinking about bill paying and how to change your tire, whatever kind mm -hmm. of things 
that everyone's wanting to learn about. That's how I would distinguish the two of them. Yeah, I'm super I'm super psyched for this too. Um, when every time we talk about this, uh, me and Tara, she always brings up the fact that like there used to be like these classes where like mm-hmm. they teach you how to like you know pay your bills and like change a tire and stuff like that, and we don't really have that now. So I think this is like a really cool opportunity, and I'm really excited that I get to be the LA for this because it's like. It just sounds like such a cool cat community, honestly. Not that the Psychology of Prejudice one wasn't cool. I love that one a lot, but <laughs> yeah. this is going to be a cool new thing. And I'm excited to work with both you and Tara, so that that's going to be a lot of fun. It is cool because, I mean, I think that a lot of these skills we're talking about, some students just have to learn it. I know I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I was never taught the right ways to study that could actually work for me yeah. until I did the wrong things. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Yeah, retroactively that, changed what I would do. That happened to me. I was I was an avid uh, all of in high school, and like we learned good ways how to study, but they just did not work for me. And so mm-hmm. when I got to college, I tried that, and it didn't really work. And then I went to not studying, and that didn't work either, obviously. And then I kind of figured out what worked for me, but I had to like learn it on my own. Uh, so I'm kind of happy about this right. this opportunity that these students got. But all right, all right, now the episode, the topic of this episode is when you figured out you were an adult. And I'm really (laughs) excited to hear what your story is about this. Well, I might have not a super satisfying answer, but I'm honestly still not sure if I'm an adult or not. But here's, here's what I think. I think for me, a huge part of being an adult is knowing how to make decisions and operate functionally, right? Okay. And so there's some parts of my life where I'm like, yeah, definitely an adult. I know how to interact in the workplace that kind of thing. Um, but there's other things that I still struggle with. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure I will f- one day fully feel like an adult, <laughs> but right now I'm still kind of at a point where it's like I'm figuring things out mm-hmm. just like everyone else is. And I also think that we don't ever really truly know we're adults, but some people yeah. think that they are. I don't know. I I mean, I will say as a college student, it's easy to think that you're like totally an adult a lot, but, mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while you have a moment that's kind of humbling and it's like I'm still a kid for sure. Yeah, well, maybe that is part of being an adult. It's maybe knowing that you don't know everything. That's so maybe, a good point, maybe, yeah. maybe we're both adults now, <laughs> completely. <laughs> we're all fully developed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, every time uh, I asked Tara about uh, what her answer might be for this, um, she kind of talked about um, how there's like a moment. She had a moment in her 20s. She had a moment like um, when she's in her 30s or like when she first got in her 30s. Mm-hmm. And then she thinks that there's going to be a moment like in her 40s and in her 50s where it's like, okay, I'm an adult now and I need to like kick things into gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of thought that was interesting. I thought that was like a really good point. And I think that kind of does happen. You have like a moment like every few years or so and it's just kind of like, all right, I need to I need to like step up to the plate and like really like get things done. Yeah, I, f- I feel that. I think maybe for me it was when I got into this job because mm-hmm. um, it was the first time that I was actually making money that could support life yeah. <laughs> versus a grad student salary. Yeah. So, I mean... It's a moment where you have to stop and think about all these different things at once. So mm-hmm. definitely I could see that nice. theory holding true. <laughs> um, but all right. So if if you had to pick out like one moment in your life mm-hmm. or even if, even like a little moment, um, what would you say that is just to just to satisfy, I guess, uh, <laughs> our students? <laughs> to satisfy the audience. <laughs> um, you know, maybe it would be. I think it might have been. A little bit into my job that I'm in now, mm-hmm. I realized that I was starting to less ask questions myself and be asked more questions, which was scary because I didn't think I had any answers to the <laughs> questions. 
So I was starting to supervise 50 people for the first time in my life. Yeah. And I was like, what are, what I don't, I don't, <laughs> I am not responsible enough to do this. No, but, and I think maybe like we were talking about earlier, it's just this realization that we all do have the capacities to be adults. Mm-hmm. You just have to learn and practice and do it over and over. It's like now I don't get scared when people ask me questions because it's just part of what I do. Yeah. Three years ago. Definitely not, not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad I got to come in right at the start of that. Oh yeah, you got to see you got to see first year Brent in the role. Was I first year? Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's you were weird. The first group of people I hired. <laughs> that's awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy that I was part of the the first class. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's super good. Um, well, really quickly uh, before we kind of end this and let Tara finish it up, I really just want to know why don't you like the word uh, supervisor and why don't you like being called that. <laughs> Maybe it goes back to my like complex I've been describing, but I don't. I think that something about that word implies that you know better than everyone else. It's not true, mm-hmm. and I know that most people who I who identify as supervisors are not going to say that they know everything. Mm-hmm. But for me, that word has always carried like so much power and responsibility, mm-hmm. and I don't mind the responsibility part now. But I still don't think the power is necessary. Interesting. All right, yeah. I like that answer. Um, Brent, when our students meet you, what do you want them to call you? Do you want them to call you like Professor Weaver? Uh, I would like Brent? to be called Professor Weaver. No, <laughs> no, I like being called Brent. I think it's probably back to this whole, I don't yeah. like feeling like I have more power than anyone because mm-hmm. in the end of the day, I don't really. Yeah, we're all just people. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Brent's perfect with me. All righty. Uh, Brent, thank you so much for uh, rounding out the show for us. And I'm excited for you, me, and Tara to start uh, start running this class. Yeah, it's been um, fun. I'm going to kick it off to Tara to give us the outro, but uh, thanks for listening to the students. Uh, it feels weird calling them students. I don't know. I really haven't fa- figured out like what else to call them, but yeah. I'll let Tara <laughs> round it out now. <laughs> okay, we finished. How do you feel our first episode of Adulting 101, the podcast, went? I thought it went pretty well. Um, I think we had a lot of really good conversation in there. Uh, Steve was really interesting as always yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but i think uh i think this is good um i hope my phone vibrating didn't show up in the audio but either way uh, i think this is a good podcast i think okay. this will this will set the tone well <laughs> excellent okay so we are going to be doing this in class and the mm-hmm. first weeks we'll do it totally as a class you can jump in or observe the last couple of weeks of class you'll be on your own mm-hmm. um well on your own with us there in the shadows cheering <laughs> yeah. you on and offering you all the help you want. Yeah. Um, so I hope that this was really helpful and you've learned a little bit about us and what you're going to do this upcoming semester. Um, thanks so much for um, all the work Zant put in because um, I don't know any of this equipment and he uh, he basically owns this stuff and he's pretty awesome. I like doing this stuff. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, it's just fun to mess with too. Honestly, yeah. we'll have uh, hopefully we'll have some time to kind of mess around with audition and, and the recording equipment. Think, oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I think, totally. I think all the students will have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Well, um, thanks. Of course. OK, so I'm Tara Coleman. I'm Zant Durham. Um, and we are the people in front of your classroom starting the first week of school and throughout the rest of the fall semester. And we're really excited to meet you. And I hope that you guys have a really awesome first day of class. <laughs>